Welcome to Beating Cancer Daily. Beating stage four cancer for 30 years still takes my breath away every time I say it. I'm Saren, founder of the Comedy Cures Foundation, and I hope you'll join me for just a few minutes daily for the next 365 days so we may laugh, learn, maybe cry a little as we live our best days beating cancer daily together. I have such a yummy surprise today. You might remember that I talked about Missy Hall, a comedian that works all over the country, but does Comedy Cures programs too. And you may remember that I talked about a brilliant revelation she had about her breast cancer diagnosis. Well, I have Missy here today, and we're going to have a conversation that I think you'll find really fascinating about not only going through the cancer journey, but doing it with a comic perspective. Missy, welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you know how much I love talking with you. (laughs) this is awesome (laughs) yeah it's it's interesting because before you were ever diagnosed it might even be two decades ago definitely over a decade ago you started doing comedy cures programs for patients and caregivers live and then of course when you were diagnosed I know that I was one of the first phone calls which is very common in the comedy world when somebody in our field gets diagnosed, I get that phone call. And it was such an honor to be able to help you through the very beginnings of this. And you're doing great. You're keeping this so real, not only off stage and off social media, but really on stage too. So I want to talk to you about it. How come you can still be funny while going through cancer treatment? I think that's one of the reasons that I can absolutely get through cancer treatment um, is instead of keeping this whole cancer thing in a separate box from my comedy, which is just my personality, you know, I have to kind of invite it in. Plus, some of it has been truly funny, things that I never thought that I would be able to laugh at when they showed up in my own life, I've laughed at. And then, you know, in retrospect, I've been doing comedy at fundraisers for people going through breast cancer, for people going through all kinds of other cancer treatments. And now more than ever, it feels important for me to share that you can laugh through it. Because I want to interrupt you for one second, because there are going to be people who don't know your style of comedy. So I just want to ground them in the fact that Missy really talks about relationships. She talks about her family. She talks about growing older. She really centers a lot of her humor on relatable daily life events. So integrating it on stage does feel like it would be very authentic because you really center your humor in an authentic place from your own life. Yes, that's a good point. If I were somebody doing political humor or something and then trying to fold this in, it might not work. 
but it would actually be very inauthentic for me to leave it out. I agree with you. And I was also going to say, you don't play a character. And I think a lot of people don't realize that there are character comedians where when you meet them off stage, they are totally nothing like the persona that they have on stage. And you're just so real. What you see in here is what you get at any given time. Like it's, it's no different, which maybe that means I'm a very lazy comedian. Because <laughs> 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 I just do me, but, um, but yes, that, and that's a good point. So that when people are hearing me and they'll hear me talk about my daughter, my grandchild and my marriage and all kinds of things to when I start talking about my breast cancer and the subsequent appointments and treatments, they know that it's a real thing, which brings some connection to people that are either going through something themselves. Like, I can't tell you how many shows I have performed at and people will come up and hug me and whisper in my ear, I did it too. I'm 10 years out. You're going to be fine. And they'll give little hints or somebody will say, I've got my mammogram next week. Thank you for talking about this. Like it, there's so many different ways that I feel like in some little way I can support people. I have goosebumps based on what you're saying, because anybody that is in the comedy world gets that affirmation at certain times in their career where people just come up and say, you know, I lost my husband and I haven't laughed in five years and you made me laugh. And so just having this visceral reaction, like just hearing you say it and then imagining and feeling what that's felt like for myself in the past literally gave me goosebumps. It's so true. It What you're saying is so true. I want to take you back to the minute you found out you had cancer. Are we okay going there? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And I think it's important because I think it's some of it's universal. Yeah. So, so when they told you, was there any part of your being that thought I'm never going to be funny again, or I don't know how I'm going to do comedy with this news? I remember thinking that everything was different and that I was going to go from feeling fine to being very sick and not finding humor in anything. And, and it was funny because, you know, when you go to a doctor's office, they ask you your occupation and mine says comedian and they would bring that up and I couldn't even smile at it. Um, my heart's hurting right now. Oh, my heart's hurting. And I remember, you know, I got the phone call that the lumpectomy showed that it was invasive ductal cell carcinoma. I'm sorry. And I was with my daughter in a target parking lot. So at that point, like I hated target, I hated comedy and I just wanted to hole up. And then when I went to the surgeon's office, after the lumpectomy, I can still remember, and I'm sure everybody feels this way. I didn't know what he was going to be telling me. And I can tell you about the carpet on the floor. I can tell you about the other people that came in the room. I can tell you that my husband looked teary-eyed and I can tell you about filling out all the paperwork. But then a moment happened. I filled out all the paperwork 
And I handed it to my husband. I'm like, can you just check through this? I'm so stressed. And he reads through, you know, it's like 800 questions. And he says to me, Missy, honey, you can't leave this one blank. I don't care what you write, but it can't be blank. Guess which question I had left blank on the form? What question? Do you feel safe at home? Okay. (laughs) At that moment, I was like, in my brain, I was like, that's going to be funny. Like, it didn't feel funny then, but I'm like, keep a note of that. That's going to, that's going to be funny. And that already I could feel that. Okay. My brain is still taking notes. This is really powerful on so many different levels. And I just want to interrupt for one second to just place this in context. So first of all, Missy is not making fun of domestic violence. And that's why that question exists on the form. So if you are someone that doesn't feel safe at home, and honestly, I've encountered that with people living with cancer whose spouses become enraged and are not supportive and they are in danger. So if you are one of those people, I want to say to you that um, we need to get you help. And we need to call a domestic violence hotline and we need to make sure you're safe. So I just want to make sure that you know that this does exist. You are not the only person and that we are here to support you. The second thing that I want to say is that Missy is doing something at this moment that all comedians do in order to build their routine off of the authentic experiences of their life. And so what she is acknowledging is that although she was in this crisis situation, she saw a little glimmer of something that she could develop comedy from in her life. And then she could come back to that when she wasn't in the situation and actually potentially write a comedy bit about it from her perspective. And so we carry around a little notebook or we carry our phones and we have notes in them and we jot down these little things that we think are seeds of of humor. And so I've taught comic perspective in other episodes. I actually recorded an episode called Cancer Funny is Everywhere. And that's exactly what Missy is talking about that I said, make a list of the things that you're running across in your cancer journey. Just write them down if they seem odd, they make you angry, uh, you think they're funny. And then we're going to work with you to develop this into some tumor humor. And this is exactly what Missy's talking about. And I wish she were on that episode because that's the perfect example. And now you're going to get to see the inner workings of a comedian's mind and how something can potentially develop into tumor humor or something humorous. And she might never perform it on stage, but it makes you think funny. And that's what we do at Comedy Cures. We help you 
think funny and that builds resilience. And then that helps you handle these moments in life that are very stressful or just think more funny thoughts and have joy-filled moments in your own brain. So that's a long explanation, but I want to turn it back over to Missy and let her develop what she was talking about, about seeing the spark. And for a comedian that's been diagnosed with cancer, when you think that the cancer is potentially robbing your comedy, your comic perspective, your livelihood, because that's how you interact with the world financially. Also, it is a terrifying place. And to see that she got that little spark of, I could still think funny. This is so exciting for me. So go on, Missy. Sure. And absolutely. I, and I know that question is a serious and important question. What I want the listener to visualize is I am 5'4", and my husband is 4'11". <laughs> I'm not laughing at height no, discrepancies. No, and he's a comic too. So a lot of times we'll perform together. So if I, I, you know, if I can do a bit about not being the least bit intimidated by him when they've seen him on stage, again, there's that funny thing that works for our relationship, but I was going to then I'm like in my bed, I can talk about, I do have a very, very overzealous labradoodle that can sometimes, you know, there's all, so my brain went a little bit there. They didn't stay there. And this I think is important too. I didn't go right from devastated to this is all over to developing the humor. But that one moment, you know, when this came up, I felt that I was like, I'm still in here. That little moment was this glimmer that I was still in me. And Oh, that makes me choke up a little bit now because I felt gone. I felt uncertain. And my, you know, my everything felt like there was a before Missy and an after Missy. And I was only 72 hours into it. And then when I was eight, my brain had that little thing. I was like, not only am I thinking that I could have a funny, but clearly my brain thinks we're still going to get to do this. Oh, Missy, I'm crying. Actually, I'm crying. I, I, I can, I can totally be back in this moment and feel how terrifying that is, especially for a comedian. I've talked about Kyle Grooms before, and we've had him on Comedy Cures programs. Kyle is a comedian who is diagnosed with brain cancer and talk about thinking you will not be able to think funny ever again. And we'll do an episode with Kyle, of course, but anytime a comedian talks to me about this, I remember being in my house and watching Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy and all of these comedians. And I remember not being able to laugh at comedy when I put the first comedy show in and then forcing myself to laugh and then finding my laughter again. And that was just laughter. It wasn't even my comic perspective. I was leaning into other people's comedy the very first night I was diagnosed. 
And so I, I know how that feels. And I, it just, again, it's been decades and I'm still feeling that moment for you. Tell me when you first thought you could write again. When the surgeon looked at me in the face, he goes, I'm sorry, this is happening to you, but we can treat this. We can manage this. And those words, and I'm so blessed that I heard those words. I understand that not everybody gets to hear those words. And sometimes I'm always afraid to say it out loud. I'm now so sensitive to how people can feel about this. I'm a lucky one. I got the words. We can treat this. We can manage this. And that suddenly I was able to say, does this mean there's not going to be a parade of medical students in to come look at my chest every time I'm here? Like, I'm not going to be in your next textbook. He's like, no. I'm like, that's the best news I've ever gotten. I was like, okay. So that changed my mind from thinking I have to stop everything to maybe I can do some things while I'm doing this. And I don't mean things just in regard to comedy. I meant things of like, I don't know about you, but I even stopped caring what clothes I had or wore. I didn't you know, I looked at email from my favorite makeup companies and just deleted them because it was just like, what for, you know? And that was the shift. That was the moment where I was able to let myself believe that I was going to be going through some things and this was going to change the way that I live my life, but it was not going to cancel out comedy. It was not going to cancel out joy. It also, I was like, maybe I'm not always going to have these nervous knocks. Like maybe this is going to settle. This is going to settle. And that was the day, you know, I can still see in that little office, him saying those words after getting my biopsy results back and, you know, doing the um, genetic testing on the cancer cells and stuff. And that for me was the moment. So beautiful. I think what I'd like to do is let you digest what Missy is saying and really just sit with how she went through this diagnosis and how she processed that she could then go on and she didn't know how exactly, but <laughs> that she was going to be able to have a new normal and, and a different life than she had, but that her life wasn't going to end as she knew it in terms of her career. And I think what we should do is come back and have another session with Missy and let her take us through how she actually started to write comedy again, and we'll get some yummy tips from her. And then we'll actually talk to Missy about how she found her tumor humor. And that is so special. Missy, I want to thank you for being on the podcast. As you know, these are bite-sized. I try to just give small amounts of information. I know going through the cancer journey makes us all so busy that I try to respect people's time. 
And then they can come back and hear another installment on another day and not have to spend a large amount of time listening to the podcast. But every episode is different. Every episode is unique to the subject that we are talking about, whether it's motivational, inspirational, practical, funny. And I think you have just added so much to this conversation of beating cancer daily. I just want to thank you for being so honest. Thank you. I honestly is the only way to go with this thing. It really is. It's the only way I'm going to be of any service to other people and to myself. So thank you. Have a blessed day. We're going to be with Missy more over the course of the next few weeks. And I'll see you tomorrow. I hope you guys know this, but Beating Cancer Daily is a listener and donor-supported podcast and community. So if you have some extra change, I'd love you to go to ComedyCures.org and make a donation today of whatever level is comfortable for you. And it will be tax deductible to the extent allowed by law because Comedy Cures is a nonprofit 501c3 organization founded from my chemo chair, April 1999, and we've been going strong ever since. So please consider making a donation today and help our community and this podcast thrive. Thanks so much. See you tomorrow. Guess what time it is? It's time for me to read the disclaimer. Beating Cancer Daily and the Membership Circle are not in lieu of medical advice or treatment. They are for entertainment purposes only. Please consult your healthcare team to review your best strategy. Thanks for listening.